Good morning, and happy Easter. I want some, let's, let's get that a little better, all right? Let's try that again. Happy Easter. Oh, we should swing open the doors and let the world hear us. Um, it is a big day in the life of the church. This is Easter Sunday, the biggest day on the church calendar, the biggest day in the history of the world. Everything changes because of Easter, everything whether we believe it or whether we don't believe it, whether we understand it or whether we don't understand it. Everything has changed because of Easter, that first Easter. Now, what do we know about that first Easter? If you read the gospel passages, we don't know a whole lot. There's just not a lot of details in the gospel passages. We know three things for certain. There was an empty tomb. We know Mary Magdalene was there. And we know it changed everything. I invite us now to stand for the reading of the gospel. In gospel we find the gospel reading this morning in gospel of Luke chapter 24. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and, and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Several years ago, I was, we were serving in, Leanne and I and our family, we were serving in Fort Walton Beach at Trinity United Methodist Church, and, and um, it, was, it was Easter. We were, we were ready for Easter. We had gone through the 40 days of Lent, just like we have gone through 40 days of Lent. We had made our way through Holy Week, just like we have made our way through Holy Week. On Thursday, we celebrated the Lord's Supper. We gathered around that table, that open table, and we experienced God's grace and love in a very tangible way. On Friday, we witnessed what the disciples witnessed. What we didn't want to witness was the passion of Christ. From the shadows and the darkness, we watched. We listened. On Holy Saturday, just like yesterday, we sat silent, as quiet as a tomb. And today, we awaken. 
We got up early. We made our way to church. We made our way to the tomb. We made our way to Easter. Now this year, the year I'm talking about at Trinity, we had done all of the things we've done here. And we were, had invited friends and family and a couple of friends from the church and some staff members to join us for Easter dinner. Just like you will do when we leave here. Big Easter dinner. Potato salad, ham, chicken, congealed salad, English pea casserole. Some things you just don't understand. We were ready. Saturday night I went to bed really early to get because I knew the next day was going to be early. It was going to be long. So I got up early that Sunday morning, got ready to go, got all my stuff together, climbed into my car, cranked it up, backed out of the driveway at the end of the cul-de-sac, wheeled around and, and made my way down the little short street. About a hundred yards down the street to stop sign. I stopped right at that stop sign and everything stopped. And I mean everything stopped. The wheel stopped turning. The engine stopped running. And I'm sitting at a stop sign on Easter Sunday morning. The senior pastor at Trinity. I panicked. I didn't know what was going on. I kept looking at the thing. I kept trying to start and start and start and nothing happened. And there it was. That little, that little amber light. Gas. No gas. Stuck, stopped. I'm ready to go. I'm all prepared, but here I am, stuck, stopped. I don't understand. How can I oversee? How can I not see this? So, what do you do? Six o'clock in the morning. All the lights are off everywhere. Well, I ran back down the 100 yards, ran my 100 yard dash, got the keys to the other car, got a gas can, drove to the gas station. Got some gas in the gas can, put that gas in the car, drove the car back to the house, put the gas can away, ran back to my car, cranked it up, went to the gas station, got some gas. Not what I expected. Not what I planned for at all. When I told the story to the congregation that morning, apologizing for being out of breath and disheveled and just a mess. Our neighbor, who was a, attended our church regularly, Mr. Dunn, a 91-year-old veteran of World War II, he looked at me, pulled me aside, and he said, don't you ever let that happen again. <laughs> I looked up at Mr. Dunn, and I said, yes, sir. <laughs> and to this day, Hasn't happened again. <laughs> this morning I was telling that story at 9 o'clock service and when I finished talking about being out of gas, you know what happened in our 9 o'clock service across this entire campus? Everything stopped. Everything. Lights went out. Power was gone. Loud boom. Just reminds me that no matter how much we prepare, how much we think we're prepared, we can still be perplexed. We can still be caught off guard. We can still be confused. That's what our story is about this morning in this gospel. When we follow these women, 
Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others, when we follow them to this tomb, they're ready, they're prepared. They've been making preparations for days. Jesus had been making preparations for days, for years. These women were loyal. They were the ones who went the distance. They were the ones who who came out of the shadows of the crucifixion to be there with Jesus, to witness the hardest part, the most difficult, the most painful. They were there when they took him off the cross and took him to and laid him in a tomb. They were there to wrap him in these linen cloths and to anoint his body with oil and spices in preparation to be in a tomb. Preparation for death. Then Sabbath arrives and they sit quietly waiting for Sabbath to pass. And on the first day of the week, they come back to the tomb prepared with more spices, more oils to continue the preparations. They were prepared. They were ready. But when they arrived there and that stone was rolled away, we're told they looked in and saw that it was empty. Nobody, no Jesus, nothing. It was empty. And the gospel writer tells us they were perplexed. And when the two men in dazzling white tell them, why, why are you looking for the living among the dead? It's like everything stopped running. The wheels stopped turning. The engine stops running. There's a loud boom and the power goes off. Everything stopped. Because they couldn't be prepared for that. They were prepared for death, not life. They were prepared for the darkness, not light. They were prepared for grief and not joy. But on this day, on Easter, the gospel writers tell us the tomb is empty. And whether we understand it or not, it's empty. And it tells us something important. Those women on that day didn't understand fully. And I love what it says when they, they, they these women, this group of women, they, they're the first, they're the first evangelists, the first preachers, the first proclaimers of the resurrection. And when they tell the men folk, what do they say? Idle talk. It's foolishness. It's absurd. They didn't get it. Couldn't have gotten it. The women who saw it didn't fully understand it. They couldn't. And if we were with them, as the, as the evangelist of Luke invites us to join with them, to be on this journey, to go into that tomb, to see them, we, we're the same way. We don't get it. It's confusing. We're not finding death, we're finding life. We're not finding darkness, we're finding light. That's Easter. And Easter is a hard message. It can be very confusing, especially in the early morning hours. Now, when I was, when I was a, 
an undergraduate student. I had a professor, one of my favorite professors, his name was Barato, and uh, Dr. Barato loved to do experiential learning exercises. You ever had a professor like that? Probably not. He was kind of a rare bird. But we would do all these kind of, kind of crazy experiences, exercises, if you will, that would help us learn something about ourselves and about life. It was called the psychology of adjustment. Dr. Brado led us in this exercise where um, he told us to, I want you to do this. Well, we've done this in other two services. I hope it's helpful. It helps me. He told us to close our eyes, to close your eyes, be comfortable. We're not going to ask anybody to raise their hands. We're not going to stand up. Just want to close your eyes, and I want you to imagine. I want you to think about and consider. I want you to picture what everything looks like. Everything. Picture that. How do you imagine everything? When you have that picture in your mind on what it looks like and what it sounds like, what it feels like, what it smells like, everything. I want you to pause, I want you to stop, and I want you to keep your eyes closed, and I want you to think about, I want you to imagine, I want you to vision nothingness. What does nothing look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? What's it smell like? Nothing. When we finished this exercise, what I noticed and what most of the class, and maybe you notice as well, is that nothingness and everything in our mind, in our imagination, in our reason, looks a lot alike. It's very hard to discern the difference. It's just a, a completely chaotic images, visions, thoughts, random, crazy, multiple thoughts, or, or just nothingness, just, just like snow on a television set, just Nothing, because it's too big. Everything is too big. Nothing is too big for us to grasp. And so our minds just kind of can't grasp that. And that tells me a little bit about what the, those women found on Easter morning, that first Easter morning, when they looked into that tomb and didn't see a body, when they looked into that dark tomb and saw nothing, they saw nothing. They experienced nothing. And what they really saw was everything. Everything that would change the world. Jesus Christ had fulfilled the prophecies. He had been handed over to the sinners, had been crucified, killed. He was dead, laid in a tomb. And on the third day, he resurrected and came out of that tomb, leaving it empty leaving it nothing, leaving the world with everything. So as those women, and I hope we, as we join those women, experience that this Easter morning, that first Easter morning, we experience with them nothing and everything. We see nothing and we gain everything. The Easter message on that morning sounded like idle talk. It sounded absurd. Because it was. It was unbelievable. 
It was unexpected, unprepared for, impossible, and yet it happened. It happened. And the gospel writer tells us it's okay to be perplexed by that. It's okay to be confused by that because this is a difficult faith. It's not easy to believe in the impossible. But we do have a God who's in the business, who's in the business of impossible, of bringing life out of death and light through the darkness, love through brokenness, grace out of pain, joy out of grief. That's the kind of God we have. That's the kind of God that we celebrate on Easter morning. Even as it confuses us and we, we can think about the resurrection, how it happened, what did it look like, what did it sound like, who knows? Who in the world knows? What we do know is this. That tomb was empty. And Jesus appeared to those women and to those disciples and he lived with them. He ate with them. He touched them. He continued to teach them. He continued to transform them. And because he did it for them, he does it for us today. Jesus lives with us. Jesus lives through us. He relates to us. He grows within us, grows our understanding. That's the power of Easter. Even as confusing as it may be, It's the greatest day in the history of the world. Because on this day, death was defeated. Sin was conquered. On this day, this absurd message rings true. This idle tale becomes the gospel. Let us cling to that. Let us... Cling to the days that follow. Let us, like Mary Magdalene and the women, continue to look for Jesus Christ in the world, living among us and with us. And maybe we'll see the face of Jesus Christ in our strangers we meet, in the family we love, in our neighbors that live with us, in our colleagues we work with and study with. Let us continue looking for Christ in our midst. And if we do that, I promise we'll find Christ because he wants to be found and he wants to be found right here with us in the land of the living. Tertullian in the late second, early third century is credited with a wonderful little saying. Tertullian apparently said, who was a patristic father, said, I believe it because it is absurd. I believe it even when I'm perplexed. We can believe it even when the world doesn't. I hope so today when you gather for, with your friends and your family for that Easter dinner, I hope you look across the table at one another and you see the light of Christ. You'll see it if you're looking for it. 
And if you're looking for that light and that grace, I hope and pray that who, who sees you from across the table will see a reflection of God's grace and love. That's how we know today. That's the world's experience of the risen Christ. It's us. Because there was nothing in that tomb. We have everything. Go forth into peace that passes all understanding. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.